Welcome to Straight Edge, the podcast. My name is Clive Allwright, and along with my amazing guests and co-hosts, we're going to be having some brutally honest and sometimes confronting conversations around all things of addictive behavior. Now, as it happens, I've been a hairdresser for 37 years, and during my career, I've met many people just like me that have also struggled in the many different areas of addiction. So our main focus of this podcast is to chat with as many people as possible from the hairdressing, barbering, and media industries, along with some pretty smart people that work in the fields of addiction to get a deeper understanding of why so many of us struggle with the balance of family, careers, health, and the day-to-day pressures of life. So if this sounds like an area you'd like to dive deeper into, make a cup of tea, sit back, and listen to Straight Edge, the podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Straight Edge, the podcast. I am your host for today, and my name is Clive Allwright. And I am flying solo in the, in the host chair today. It's, uh, Louise is, uh, I'm very, ex- well, I'm very proud to say she's managed to get on a holiday that she's had booked for a long time. There's been some severe storms and cyclones up in northern Queensland. She's been through a bit of a tough run up until Christmas. Her son broke his collarbone and she's managed to get on the plane and she's up in Cairns and she's out on the reef and she's having a well-deserved holiday so I hope you're having a great time up there Lou. This is the beginning of January um, and Amy has got a big job, job interview uh, today so best of luck for, for that today Amy but I am joined in the studio today. It's so weird how the, the world is very very small. I was uh, cutting one of my clients hair. actually I was blow-drying one of my clients hair on Saturday and you know, this time of year in Australia, it is the holiday time. There's a lot of people that, I guess what happens in Europe in June, July, everyone takes that time off. In Australia, everyone's on on holiday and things change at last minute. And our guest for this morning um, was unable to make it, unfortunately. And I was talking to my client and she said, my brother is a big fan of your podcast. And uh, he lives up in the Pacific North, uh, or he's up in Northern California near San Francisco. And um, and I've been following uh, Michael with his journey with woodwork and all bits and pieces. And so please welcome to the studio this morning. Michael, how are you there from California? Good morning, Clive. I'm fantastic. Uh, great, to, great to meet you. It is a small world, huh? It is a very small world. Obviously, your sister and I have been chatting and we've, she's been... You know, she's also a fan of the podcast and she said, oh, my brother listens from America and, you know, and I think we can talk about this openly on this platform because this is what it's about. And she's like, he too has also struggled with with drinking and and uh, congratulations. We You just told me before we came on air that you're for nearly four years sober. Yeah, in, in, in March. Yeah, struggle was a little bit of an understatement there, Clive, but uh, well, when we're talking about alcohol, but uh, happy to talk about my journey. Yeah, amazing. Now, you're obviously Australian and now living in California and what we'd like to do with her, uh, because I know nothing about you. So this is going to be fun. Yeah. I've been on your Instagram and you did say that you come from a tech background, but you do yeah. incredible woodwork like one of our other, like one of my good friends, Alan, that also lives in the Pacific Northwest and uh, yeah. he lives up near Se- Seattle up that way. But um, so tell us how, you know, where'd you grow up? Sure. How did it all start? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Happy to. And uh, Woodworking is uh, it's a hobby, right? That was a gift actually that came through sobriety. We'll, we'll get to that point, but um, yeah, I live just north of San Francisco in um, Marin County, so just over the Golden Gate Bridge. 
I've been in the United States for uh, 23 years. Oh, wow. Um, but I was born in uh, rural South Australia, um, outside of a town called uh, Millicent. Yeah. And um, my, my, I'm the youngest of four siblings. So my mother and father and, and the four of us, we lived in a, a property just outside of this town. Um, and that's where I uh, had my early childhood, you know, up to like six. And uh, I loved it. It was, you know, pooping around outside in you know, lots of space and, um, and whatnot, the country life. Um, I did my first year of school there, hated school. It, was just, it seemed to be so many people and they seemed to understand each other. And uh, I felt a little bit like an, uh, an outsider now that I look back, back at it. But then when I was six, my father became a... Uh, a born again Christian, and I didn't know what that meant. Um, uh, and the evangelical preacher, pretty much overnight, and we sold up and moved to the city. So we moved to Canberra, and um, surrounded by people there. And I, I struggled a lot. Even I never felt lonely out on the property by myself and the siblings. Right, there were no close neighbours and things like that. But when I got into the you know the city with lots of people, I had no idea how to make friends um, at all. And uh, I remember my brother, you know, he's four years older. We went to the same primary school, and eventually I used to follow him around. And and, and bless him, eventually he said, you know, Mike, you're going to have to make your own friends. And and that wasn't malicious at all. He, he was trying to help me, um, but he was dealing with the big movers as well. And I didn't really know how. Um, Everyone seemed to, uh, you know, have, have, have it all together. And um, so what I learned, I think, from there was, what, what do people want me to be? How can I, uh, you know, change myself to be someone that they would like, right? So that kind of validation from others definitely yeah. happened uh, um, from an early age and, and continued for quite some time. And, um, well, forever, really. Um, we moved to Sydney. and. Um, yeah, you know, life on the northern beaches of, of, of Sydney. I think alcohol, I can't remember my first drink. And I can't remember the first time I, I got drunk. It was a long time ago. But alcohol around 14, it was typical um, teenage binge drinking on the weekend, right? Yeah. Um, I liked it. It was fun. Um, had some good times and things like that. And, and so alcohol was always around from that regard, from, from um, you know, around that age as well um through high school you know on the outside you know i was uh i fit in you know I, I had friends sports and all the rest of it but always worried about what people thought of me uh, i'm not good enough why did that why did that person like me that's weird let's push them away um but you're really just trying to fit in and then just you know well, i went to university uh, I studied in China. I, I, I got a job in, in tech and very successful at a very early age. Transferred, the company transferred me from Sydney to London. I was there for a couple of years and success was good. I always thought, though, I think uh, I was a bit of an imposter. I'm going to be found out. Uh, yeah, I've got this yeah. success, but, but um, it's all going to end, right? Um, yeah. So I, and I always wanted more. Drinking was always there. Um, always, I, I, I was good. I was a good drinker. 
Um, <laughs> I could drink fast and hard and what have you, but still go to work, right? Um, was it what, your, what years were this? Well, this was in like the tech boom because I know when I lived yeah. in America, San Francisco was just exploding with you know right. social media, and I know yeah. that there was it was the the industry to be in for parties and there was unlimited budgets for you know yeah. get-togethers. So what 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 year are we oh, talking? Yeah. There was the late nineties, um, yeah. and then I I was transferred again from from London to uh, to San Francisco in 2000 yeah, and right. you're right. Those parties were um, intense and, and fun and alcohol everywhere. Um, good times. Yeah. I think I, I moved to the States in 2001. And as I mentioned before we came on air, I worked with our head office was not far from San Francisco. Yeah. And, you know, I know the property prices doubled yeah. overnight. There was like this massive surge of, of tech, you know, there was a startup every two seconds in, in San Francisco, yeah. wasn't there? So, yeah. The gold I, rush. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, sorry for jumping in, but yeah, continue. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no problem. Um, you know, I, I met um, who is now my wife when I was working in London. We both came out together. Yeah. And uh, then we got married like a year later and, and had kids. I thought I'd be here for two years and then go to yeah. Sydney. I thought, I'm going to make my. My millions and moved to that you know harborside place in Sydney, right? And yeah. uh, two years turned into twenty three, and uh, um, um, you know we had kids and what what have you, and uh, drinking crept up on me. You know, no, no longer was it just uh, the weekend or the or the, or the, the you know the, the the dinner party and and things like that. Um, it be, I became an everyday drinker. Yeah, um, and. Uh, I also became a daytime drinker as well. And I, I didn't understand it at all. Um, but what I, what I found about alcohol, all of those fears in childhood and whatnot, um, anxieties, they're always there. And there's something beautiful about alcohol. It, it was almost perfect. When I had that first drink, I could feel it in every cell of my body. Yes. All, all of those feelings would just dissipate, right? And uh, it was beautiful, but uh, it didn't stop there. You know, when I had one, I, I had a thirst for for many. And yeah. uh, it was is no off switch, right? No off switch. Yeah, and I, I didn't know much about I didn't know anything about alcoholism. I would say at that point, but when I'm craving alcohol, when I'm completely sober, none of, none of it's in me, and I think that you know I'm not going to drink today. But yeah. a certain time will come around. Um, it got to the point, you know, I was working for a big tech company, Glamorous One, right? Well, well you've all heard of it. And um, I'll get up early when it was still dark to, to go to work. And, you know, I've got my business attire on. Everyone's in bed. I would have a slug of vodka um, in, in, in the morning. And um, my body couldn't. It was telling me, obviously, this is not good. So I'd just reach it up, just throw it up immediately. Wow. And that should be a lesson, right? Okay, don't, don't drink. But once I did that, I was able to stomach the second goal, right? And then I would have that. So that's how I started my day. That's crazy. So I was getting, that was my question. So was you drinking at home or were you going to, you know, going to the bar? I'm, I'm, I remember when I first moved to LA and we used to work from home. It's when I discovered... Yeah. 
the whole daytime bar scene. You know, we've seen the, the TV show Cheers and all that kind yeah. of stuff. There was a bar near where I used to live and it used to open at 6 a.m. in the morning. And I knew people that used to go in there before work. Yeah. And, and and I just was like, whoa. And right. obviously I became and one the of those people. And you have at those people. Yeah. Oh, I could not be like that. No <laughs> way. There I was, you know, <laughs> very shortly. Um, yeah. So you were going to work. And having the alcohol, you know, having the, did, were you doing the shots of vodka at home or you were doing it at work? Yeah. No, at, yeah. at home. Um, there, there were times, though, at work where, you know, I'd get the bus down there and there's no bars close by at all right. to, this, to the campus. And so I'm stuck out. This is going to be good for me. I'm not going to be able to drink during the day. Yeah. But I figured out that this, car, this company had free electric cars you could borrow by the hour um, if you needed to uh, go to a doctor's appointment or, or something like that. And, and you could use them a couple of times a month. And I would use those to drive to a liquor store to get vodka and drink it and then go back to work. Wow. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, you know, uh, and it was a really good job. And uh, I thought I was performing great and what have you, and I wasn't performance went down a lot you know i was never like rolling drunk at work just to take that edge off yeah but um but coming home you know i uh i would um i'd do a couple of things i would either drive to a park that was relatively close to where i live where i'd hidden a big bottle of vodka previously in the I plan all my drinking, right? So I'm like a teenager hiding alcohol in the bushes. And I would um, take big slugs of that before I got home because I knew drinking was a problem at home, right? So, yeah. Uh, and I was going to get watched and I was going to get limited um, I, I, very carefully on what I could drink. But I needed to, to really get that in my system. So I would do that. Another, another story, I, I remember it recently. I would drive from the bus to the the liquor store, and I remember one time I was in this in a dingy liquor liquor store, and there was a a homeless guy in front of me, you know, and I had such disdain for him, you know, he, he smelled and uh, he was homeless, and he was uh, in front of me and was getting his, his you know pennies out of his pocket, how much he got to buy a boot, and you know he, he gets his booze right and then i'm right behind him and i'm going through my pockets getting pennies and things not because i couldn't afford it it's because i didn't want it on my credit card yeah and 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 a a, a trail right oh no i don't have enough for you know nice stuff so i'll get this crappy whatever it was didn't matter right Um, in a plastic bottle i'm walking to my german car he's walking to his shopping cart right Mm-hmm. And we're both drinking. And I'm like, I didn't. But now I'm like, I'm exactly the same as that man. Yeah. I'm no better, no worse. I am powerless over this alcohol. It's crazy, isn't it? It is. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and has that whole judgment thing. Well, I'm not I'm not as bad as this, so I should be okay. Yeah. I'm, not as, I'm not as bad as, as as you know, I'm not the homeless guy outside the liquor store. It's, yeah. it's interesting. As you were talking, I think it was about a year before I got sober. Uh, 
when I lived in LA, I used to uh, DJ a little bit, you know, for, for fun, for different parties and bits and pieces, which, which obviously just, I found a way to, you know, drink and go and have fun with bunches of, you know, lots of people. One of the guys that I used to DJ with, he was an incredibly talented guy, but he was, his name was Scottish Robbie. And I left LA in 2008. And I remember him, he used to come around in my house and, and, um, you know, we'd play records till the wee hours and drink and do whatever. Uh, and then I got a phone call one Christmas and they said that I knew that Scottish Robbie had had a, a, a big drinking problem and he'd been from sort of house. His wife had thrown him out. His house, he's, you know, he, he just could eat in his, I think his wife said he just didn't, couldn't understand when the weekend finished and he used to play lots of, you know, big parties up in the Hollywood mm-hmm. Hills and to when the week started, he, there was a big blur there. And then I got a phone call to say that he died outside a liquor store on Boxing Day, uh, wow. on, uh, opposite the Renaissance Hotel, I think. I may, I may have that wrong, but uh, I know it was a, a liquor store in Hollywood. And that was the beginning of, like, there was one of hundreds of signs for me. But I, I, I was like, wow, that, that guy. And I still remember him. I and mean, when it comes around to Christmas every year, I think of him and I'm thinking, Shit, what a horrible way to die outside the liquor store. But then you as you were talking, there is no it's a very fast slope, isn't it? To yeah. it can be, you know. It, it, we just think, you know, we're never gonna drink for for, for what yeah. you know, who drinks vodka for breakfast? Well, yeah. the guy that works at the big tech company that's got access yeah. to the German car does yeah. and and that's where we know that this situation we have doesn't discriminate right it doesn't discriminate how much money or you know know. i heard a quote last night on the tv show and 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 the guy was saying he said we will tell us we will tell ourselves whatever we want so we can continue to keep doing what we keep doing a hundred percent we will just tell ourselves, yeah. you know, oh well, I'm not doing that, you know, and that's not me this time. I'm not doing that because I'm I'm okay now. Yeah, and we're not. It's so no. it can get hold of us so fast. So, um, tell me, when did it get to? When when was your critical mass? You know, what was your turning point? Yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, probably in uh, 2019. And uh, it was bad, you know, but maybe a little bit before that, I started to lose jobs, right? Not yeah. because I was drunk on the job, it's just because, hey, I got a great, fantastic resume, they hire me, and I'm like, well, this guy's not doing anything. Where's this thought leader? Where's this um, yeah. um, creative mind? Uh, is, and so I'll either leave before or I'd be let go. Yeah. And, and so that creates huge financial burdens. and. You know, I associated so much of my of who I was only on how much money I had or what job I had or, or things like that. That was that was who I was. So when that's stripped away, I'm just a piece of shit. Well, I, I, there's, I, there's, there's nothing here. And, and you, know, you, you spoke about um, other people. I'll never be that bad, right? I'll never be that bad. And it's like I used to love it at a party when there was someone drunker, right? Because like yeah. that's who everyone's going to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah. But also, I'll get around to it. I know I need to stop, or I know I need to manage my drinking. I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it, and I never did. And, and that's with a lot of things in my life. I'll yeah. get to it. And um, you know, my wife uh, asked a friend uh, who, who was doing a program to come and talk to me, and he did. I, in this very room that I'm sitting in now, he came to look. I've been asked 
talk to you, babe. And I said, yeah, I drink too much. I need to manage it. I understand it. Um, and uh, um, I can do it on my own. I know you do this program. I'm not interested because you talk about God and I hate religion. My father, the, the evangelical, I pushed all of that away. I thought if you had faith in a religion or something like that, you were weak. You weren't very intelligent because you didn't understand science. Um, mm. You have to do it yourself and find these solutions and, and do it. And I, so I believed that, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that funny? Is it? And yeah. it's, it's come up on numerous episodes that people have, you know, when you get to that rock bottom, one of the things we quite, most of us commonly say is, God, make it stop. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Like, how many times did I wake up and go, Jesus Christ, what have I done? Oh, yeah, or, <laughs> or, or even not make it stop so much as make me not wake up tomorrow. Yeah. And that's where I was getting to. Well, I didn't want to live. You know, yeah. beautiful wife, a lovely house, yeah, jobs, uh, wonderful children. Um, but I didn't want to exist anymore. You know, yeah. uh, um, I couldn't, I felt, I, I would wake up in a panic in the middle of the night with just such fear that manifested itself physically within me. And I had no way of understanding or, or doing it. And, you know, alcohol yeah. could help that. And so I, that's how I was feeling. I wanted to die. Um, and, and I'm very grateful for my wife who stuck by me and she, you know, she, she's not an alcoholic. So she doesn't under, I didn't even, I, I'm an alcoholic, but I didn't understand. Yes. Uh, understand. I, I saw no way out one time. Um, I don't think she'll mind me telling this story, but I, I was in the bathtub and drunk in, yep. in the afternoon. And she came in and she said she was shaking. She had such fear and anger. And it's like, what are you doing? Um, you have to stop. You have to stop this. Um, such fear. And, and, and like, was, you do nothing. You add no value to anyone. Um, be a man. Do something. It's a fear. And... and at that moment, I had such hatred uh, because what she said was 100% true, yeah, 100%. That. And it was mirrored back. I could see it, right? And I had no way of – I had no way of – I don't know how to stop. She's right. I've got no way of knowing this or how to solve this. And that's yeah. when it got very bad. And I, you know, I went to a doctor and I said, I – I'm stressed out of my mind. I drink too much. I smoke too much. I don't know what to do. And I believe that, you know, I'm 52 now. So I've experienced things. I've done things. I've even achieved some things. But that was the most pivotal part, time of my life where I said, I help. I can't do this. That was the most pivotal. And then that was the start of my recovery. Wow. It's... um. It's in, you and I got sober at a very similar, very similar yeah. age, and we. And thanks for sharing that story about the bath because you know I've had very similar experiences of that with my wife as like watching yeah. you kill yourself in front of our yeah. children, 
is just not going to happen. So you're going to have to get out of here or, you know, or, to, or turn. And it took a long time, you know. Yeah. And then I had that whole, talking about Scottish Robbie, I was at a meeting yesterday and in the industry that we, that, that, I, that we work in, I mean, I've heard of so many people dying over Christmas and New Year. And I don't know whether it's be due to social media or whatever, but um, or whatever it is. But I was at a meeting yesterday and this guy shared, he goes, my best friend who couldn't stop drinking, and he was about our age, he said, he said, I've been five years sober. He said, I found out that he died on New Year's Day. He just yeah. couldn't stop. And that's the reality of, of where we, and there's only a very small percentage of us that that actually get this to work, right? Because yeah. there's a lot of people that come in, and I was listening to um, another podcast yesterday, Sober Dave, um, One for the Road, and he's a sober coach, and he was talking about, you know, he, he gets people and with his coaching business, and they after three months they say, oh, you know, I think I've got this now. Uh, yeah. I went out on Saturday night, and I had two glasses of wine, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm totally, I think I'm okay. And then he said, within two weeks, he's getting the message saying, I'm in deep trouble. Yeah. And, you know, that's how this can really, cunning, baffling and powerful, right? Yeah. This, this thing is, oh. it can trick our minds and you can go, yeah. well, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've got a problem now. The amount of times I hear it within our groups. Yeah. And I was talking to a girl yesterday. She said, I was five years sober. And I yeah. just stopped going to meetings for six years. I disconnected and bang, I, yeah. I was back where I started and worse. So, yeah. So tell oh, me, a yeah. bit, so tell me a little bit about so what, that you've been, that was your turning point, and then what happened from yeah. there? Yeah, um, you said you need to see a therapist. So, what well, one of the things we've all had trauma in our life, right? And yeah. I none of it is related to my. I actually don't even know why I'm an alcoholic. To yeah. me, it's not important. I don't think about it at all. Maybe it is. Maybe I'll yep. think about it at some point, but at the moment, it's unimportant. Yeah. But um, I couldn't. I couldn't. I could no longer outthink this. And um, saw a therapist, and we spoke about some of this trauma. It was a. Um, it was a. I'll tell you what the story was that I. Uh, that I used to explain why I was so anxious and whatnot. Like, um, if you remember in Las Vegas. Um, there was that uh, mass shooting at a, a music concert. Correct. Yeah, people died. So yeah. Um, yeah. I was there and people died standing right next Shit. to me and my wow. wife and, and friends. And so, yeah, it's a traumatic experience, right? That didn't make me an alcoholic at all. I had no PTSD or anything like that. But believe me when I say I used it as an excuse to drink more and to cover up my drinking. Um, anyway, the therapist was very good. And he said, look, Mike, you might have some problems. I've got no idea until we get alcohol out of your system. And so I checked into a, uh, a rehab um, for a detox. Um, so I was separated from, from everything. And uh, that was the best part. I thought that okay, nine, 10 days in this place, it's going to be out of my system. I'm going to come out. I'm going to start running and doing push-ups and getting into gardening and having all these hobbies to distract me, right? That's what I thought I needed to do. It became clear to me when I was in there that learning more about alcoholism is that that's not it. So the rehab was treatment, but it was not recovery. And um, I, uh, when I was in there, I um, 
met people, obviously, and, and, and okay, what's your plan? I told my plan, and they rolled their eyes a little bit. And he go try this meeting tomorrow. And this was um, at the very beginning of COVID, uh, March 21, 2020. So in California, that's right when we locked down. So we couldn't go anywhere or go to a a meeting or leave our house, really. Um, And um, so everything was on Zoom. So I I just started to do um, uh, a 12-step program on the Zoom meetings. And I'm very grateful for all of those people who on a switch, flip from in-person to Zoom. It was incredible. So I could do meetings around the world uh, at any time of day. And I, I talk about God. They have this really culty language. It's weird, but they're sober. And I'm going to, for the first time in my life, I am going to give this my all and I'm going to be honest um, about it. And, uh, and that's what I did. Just did these meetings and listened and it, some of it made sense. A lot of it didn't. God thing as well. Oh, come on. Um, in, in, in a book that was written a million years ago with weird language and all the rest of it. And um, But I just kept on doing it. And, and I said to Mark, I'm going to do this. She said, Absolutely. Do what you need to do. 100%. You go to as many meetings. You do this. You do whatever. You, please come back to us. You know, yeah. like emotionally. Right? And uh, and that's what I, that that's, that's what I did. And so, you know, COVID was um, horrific for hundreds of millions of people around the world. I'm not discounting that at all. People died, lost incomes, all the rest of it and what have you. For me, I am so grateful for being sober at that time. You know, people say, well, how did you get sober? Because I would love to be at my house alone drinking. That is a perfect <laughs> Yeah. Perfect scenario for me. And I have no idea, obviously, I, I don't know what would have happened, but it would have been incredibly bad. And um, so very grateful um, for, for that. Uh, I, I, had a similar, I had a similar thing. So my, my sober date's June 11, 2019. Um, and I think we, we locked down a bit earlier here. But it was a godsend for me. I mean, it would have killed me yeah. if I was still drinking and using because to be locked in my own house without having to oh. go to work and not be accountable and have <clears throat> drugs and alcohol delivered because, deli- you know, just like yeah. America, be delivered here yeah. would be utopia. Only thing is I would have burned through our, all of our family's savings in about three months and we would be homeless because yep. um, yep. <clears throat> I wouldn't have been able to stop. The godsend yeah. for me was at the whole time we were locked down, I just focused on my recovery and I knew that there was no festivals. There was nothing going on out there. I didn't have FOMO and I didn't, I wasn't missing out on anything. No, none of my friends were doing anything. So I had to do was concentrate on me and me alone. And, um, and, and obviously with my family and, you know, I, it's interesting listening you talk about the zoom because I was doing face to face meetings prior to the lockdown. And then we went on to zoom. And this is where my mind, uh, you know, as we know, we love and it's like anything. It's a long, t- it's a long-term relationship, isn't it? Being yeah. in recovery and with yeah. all long-term relationships, there's good and there's bad. And uh, the zoom thing for me was a real challenge. And I was just looking for that one thing to tell myself, like, as I mentioned earlier on, I'll tell myself anything to make to, so I can continue doing what I'm doing. And I had yeah. a bit of a fallout on Zoom with one of my home group people. And I went, you know what? I'm not accountable online. I don't have to be there. I'm not doing it. 
and I did a dry drunk thing, you know, the white knuckle. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's, you know, I know so many people and you, and you're one of them that it was, it was a lifesaver. And that's amazing that that continued to happen as well. It took me a yeah. while to go back in. Well, I, I went back, I, I did the NA meetings in London, which I loved. Um, in fact, I loved going somewhere else, doing a geographical on Zoom outside of Australia. I would do the yeah. different, different ones in London. I would do some in the US and do yeah. the AA ones. Um, but I couldn't wait to go back to face-to-face because that was yeah. where I found that connection. I, I think so, so you did meetings in person and then went to Zoom, right? I, I did the... I, I really enjoyed the face-to-face. It was my yeah. Friday night. I think I've mentioned this before in previous episodes was one of the meetings that I did. And it was, it was my witching hour and I would, it would physically get me to go somewhere other than oh, going yeah. to a pub as where, when I was at home, the zoom thing. And the other thing I struggled with, with zoom was I was very private earlier on, believe it or not, now I've got a podcast, but I didn't <laughs> want my wife and kids listening to me on a, on a and listening to the, right. the the zoom and to be somewhere quiet with a house full of people was kind of hard so it was a bit well, of a challenge I think, yeah that that's that's totally understandable for sure i actually think it was probably harder for people that used to go to physical in-person meetings and then have to go i think it was harder for that sure than yeah. for someone like me who had never experienced ah, uh, right. these meetings yeah, and all right. i know yeah that makes complete Um, sense because that was your first i I think you guys had it harder yeah yeah Yeah. i remember someone saying to me when we went back face to face it was someone at my regular meeting who long time one of the older members that you know i really looked up to him and he he said to me he said i think the challenge that we have with online he says is after a face-to-face meeting yeah. When you've got that newcomer that really doesn't know what's going on and uh, struggling with why am I, I'm not, you know, I'm in denial about being an alcoholic or yeah. whatever it is. And then you go for that coffee afterwards with them and, yeah. and say, it's all going to be okay. Well, that doesn't happen on Zoom. It's just click, I've left. And you. Right. And as he said, he said, what's to stop them driving to the gap and jumping off, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's that. Yeah, um, yeah I know. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. Um, anyway, so I'm going side-tracking side here. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, fascin- uh, it's, it's fascinating it's, hearing your story. And um, it's interesting that that connection that you found really saved your life, hasn't it? You know? Oh, 100%. It's like for the first time, it's like people – wait, I, I just thought it was just me that felt that way um, – or drank that way. It's like, there's nothing special or unique about me. I found my people that we could talk to from all sorts of backgrounds, right? Yeah. People that lived under a bridge to the doctors and the surgeons and everyone in between. Like it affects us the same way. We're powerless over it. That connection is critical to me um, and my recovery. I, I, I belong to something now that I didn't even know existed and was so lucky to have it. And, um, it's amazing and and the meetings are very important to me i still do one every day you know three and a half years later amazing um but it's what i do outside those meetings it's how i show up outside the meetings where where, where the real work um 
happens. Uh, meetings are important, but it, it, it's not a spectator sport, you know, recovery, right? You, you, you got to yeah. participate in your day-to-day life. And, and that's what I've been working on, yeah. It's funny, I, you know, obviously being Christmas, I've, there's been some, you know, it's summertime here in Sydney. There's lots of things on. I went to a thing on New Year's Day, which was lots of, there was lots of alcohol, you know, it was a big yeah. sort of party, live band, all that kind of thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm, you know, the sober time that I've got, I'm like, I can do this, I can go. And I don't go for a long time, but I, but it takes me a long time to feel once I'm there, I'm like, okay, relax, Clive. You're not in any danger. You're not going to, yeah. it's not, I'm, there's no desire for me to, to pick up. Right. Yeah. But yep. do I feel out of place? Yeah, absolutely. Because there's a lot of people yeah. there that I used to drink with and drink heavily with. And yeah. they're, they're very supportive. And they're like, oh, I'm proud of you. You look great. But I still feel weird. I can yeah. walk. I went to a, a new meeting yesterday morning, Sunday morning, nine o'clock. It's a meditation and a 12 step meeting. So you meditate first. You know, there's 60 people in this room that are complete strangers. Yeah. And I sat there in the meditation and I thought, I feel so comfortable sitting here and I don't know anyone. Incredible. i don't have to be anything to anybody i don't have to say a word i can just listen to the stories but and i'm like a week ago i was very nervous about going to an event at this time and here i am with a bunch of strangers that i don't have to be anything other than be honest with myself and to and just be here that's all i have to be and it's it, it is a it's a very different way it's a learning a new way to live isn't it it's, it's, oh, this, this shit doesn't absolutely. doesn't end. It's a completely different way uh, of living and um, how I deal with um, what what I'm thinking and, and what my part of everything is and how it affects people and things like that. But like you, I can go anywhere now. I don't crave it, and I, yeah. and I can, I'll leave early because it gets boring, right? Because I was one yeah. of those boring people that's just yeah. nattering on. But yeah. what I do do. Um, uh, often, like for example, I went back to Australia last October for my niece's wedding, and it was an amazing experience. But fifteen hours on a plane, just me, no one's going to know. I had no desire to drink on that plane, which was great in the past, right? Well, but I just call my sponsor before, hey, I'm getting on the plane now, and I call him when I get off, right? So mm. either end of it gives me accountability. Yeah, I, I knew I was going to be okay, but why take the risk? Make myself accountable to someone else who understands. And um, those, doing that um, early on, at, like work dinners and parties and things like that, I would do the same thing. Talk to another alcoholic before and after. And that, that just, it's, why not? It's easy. It's just a phone call or a text, right? Yeah. And it's so important. It's so important. I, I've been, uh, I remember the first long haul flight I did after being sober. And yeah. it was after lockdown. I remember sitting, and I'm very fortunate. My wife works for an airline, so I was up the, the nice part of the plane. And yeah. you know, it's an open bar for 27 hours from from here, right back to Europe. Yeah. And I did, and even with those few years under, my, and the whole reason why I was going back to the UK was to care for my father at the time. He has dementia, and that all was possible because I'd been sober. There was a lot of trust in right. my family. You know, they'd loaned me cars, and you know they there was a like Clive's not the usual Clive that you've known. He's not the liability, but that voice on my show, when they came around with the drinks trolley, there was a fleeting moment of who's going to know, right? Who's Who's going to know. know? And it's like, I'm going to know. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> I I am going to yeah. be like buckled with anxiety if I because I won't be able to stop. My family will be there to pick me up yep. at the other end. And I'm right. going to be in a state trying to cover it up and lie to say that I haven't yeah. had a drink, but I'm physically and obviously had. And yeah, that's so the you power. played the tape forward a little bit as well, and like, that's, yeah, and you've heard other people talk about it. You know, however much sobriety they have, they pick up again, and it blows my mind how quickly they get to worse they were before they yeah. got sober. You go deeper. It, 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 so yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry that those people went through those experiences, but I'm very glad to be able to listen to them myself. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's a, uh, it is, uh, it, this, I think at any, anything, whether it's, you know, gambling, um, yeah. food, smoking, it yeah. re- requires ri- rigorous honesty with yourself. Yeah. And I think that's, we've mentioned the, the, you know, the God thing and, and, and that, yeah. and then, uh, um, it's interesting. I've mentioned this on a lot of episodes that I, I start off my day with prayer and meditation and yeah. the meditation thing is really important because it stops me from, I mean, I struggle yeah. with it. It's not something that comes easy to me, but my prayer is more almost, a, it's a gratitude thing. It's like, I don't ask for anything. Um, very yeah. rarely. Um, yeah. I will, I will be, thank you for the, I've, you know, I've, my wife's health, my kids, you know, my keep yeah. everyone safe. They're free from negativity, persecution, uh, I've got this roof over my head and and it's like writing a gratitude list every morning in my head to somebody. Yeah. Um, and I'm also journaling. I'm mentally journaling what's going on in my life. I'm yeah. very present, which it makes it real, isn't it? Doesn't it? When you like pray, like I can think it, but if I say the words out loud, it has more weight for me. Correct. Um, when I do that, same with writing. It's like one of the, the steps in the program, you, you're writing yeah. stuff you don't want to write about, but you're, and it gives it weight and meaning. And it, it, yeah, so I, I agree with you. You know, we had a guest on, pre, pre, Louis, um, Louis Byrne, and he does a whole thing called I, I Am, I Can, I Will. And the whole yeah. thing is, or a lot of it's around journaling. It's about putting your thoughts down on paper. And it's not about yeah. writing a book. It's about just being very honest with yourself. And today, yeah. you don't have to make it. You don't have. To, he mentioned that his mum hasn't put anything in her journal because she's waiting for something exciting to happen. And he's like, "Mum, that's the whole, <laughs> that's the whole point. Is you've just got to, right. I've, you know, I'm having a cup of tea and I'm feeling. I today I feel like this, and yeah. I'm, you know, we all get those days where we we struggle. I had one yesterday. I was in. I went swimming. Um, you know, I, I'm, it's back at work, right? We're back at my business is back up and running. We're just about to have a team meeting with everyone. My business partner's coming over. It's like, right, we're going to take off the, the festive hat and we've got through till Christmas. Now it's 2024. I've got to start finding some guests for the podcast. I've got to start yeah. right, working on my business plan. Where are we going with this? What's our social media? And I just came out the water from having a swim in the in this beautiful ocean yeah. And I was like, fuck, I can't cope. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, where do I start? I, I'm yeah. drowning. I'm drowning. Like, what do I do? And I'd been to that meeting in the morning. I'd been to done the meditation. I'd done all the steps that I wanted to do. And I came home and I, there was that inner thing inside where, where I would have previously gone, okay, fuck this. I need a drink. 
I just, yeah, yeah. Uh, as where I just was like, I just need to go and have a lie down. Right. And I went to sleep for an hour and a half. And I woke up yeah. and I was so yeah, much calmer. Yeah, self-care, sleep, absolutely. Because yeah. I, I, can't, I can't solve that now, you know? No, no, we can't. Uh, uh, but we don't have to solve it ourselves, right? I mean, yeah. we can do it, but we can't. I can't do it alone. Um, yeah. and, and that's been huge for me. But uh, that, that starting of day is so important. And I feel it when I don't, right? Um, but there's also been days where I've had to do that start, the, 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 the pausing, what, what's the right thing to do today? Well, what help, help me help someone? Simple stuff like that, right? And I had to do that three or four times during the day, right? Reset, restart it um, because my mind gets a little bit squirrely, yeah. Um, as, as well, that's what, you know, that's where it starts in, in, in my head. Yeah, sure. it's, it's interesting. I hope you don't mind me mentioning, but when I was um, doing your sister's hair, I was like, "Oh, do you yeah. think Michael Michael be able to come on to the?" The podcast, I know it's short notice, and she says, "I know he meets with his sponsor on a Sunday morning, so yeah. I'll just I'll check with him first. And I'm like, "Ah, oh, I know already that he, you know we're just going to get on fine, right?" Yeah, <laughs> my yeah, sponsor, yeah, yeah, yeah. My sponsor, well, he won't. He doesn't listen to this. He he doesn't like the fact that I'm doing it. But um, yeah. well, he's supportive, but he's anyway. Um, he'll say, "Clive, you need to contact me more." <laughs> right days yeah. days like yesterday it's like well then you should have rung me instead of going to sleep but it, yeah no yeah. yeah i spoke to him at length today because i knew i was coming on and uh it's great you know he he doesn't tell me what to do because mike in my experience <laughs> yeah and, uh, well, i suggest uh and things like that but uh it's really such a blessing to have someone like that in my life to you know it's just a normal dude right he's a landscaper yeah. right yeah. i'm in tech who cares he's younger who cares yeah. he's got more sobriety and i respect him and his sobriety and he always and he always just points me back to okay what, what part of your program should you be focusing on now or yeah. or, or what's your intent like i said this is coming up i've got to have this conversation well well what's your intention about this and then am, am i being selfish Am I, you know, all of those things come out and it's like, oh, damn it, Dave, you're always right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's mad, isn't it? Because I, I heard when I very first came in, in, when I first got sober, someone saying, I don't need drugs and alcohol to create chaos in my life. And I remember yeah. thinking to myself, that's stupid because you took the drugs and alcohol out of my life, <laughs> nothing to worry about. And oh, yet, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and then how wrong was I? Because I can still be selfish, manipulative. I can still be... Yeah horrible i can still be snappy um especially when i'm battling coming off the cigarettes which is the one yeah. nemesis i still constantly yeah. battle with and um i'm going to tell you a story right yesterday when i finished at the beach this is how an ad this is an addict brain right working because yeah. you go well it's not as bad as drinking it's not as bad as smoking i was on i catch the bus to the beach because it's so packed down there at the moment you just can't find a park yeah. on my bus ride out of Kuji. Um, I'm I'm at that stage now where I've got out the water. I'm overwhelmed with what I've got to do, yeah. And I'm like, okay. And my business partner had called me in the morning, and you know, and I probably wasn't the nicest to her. I should have been to her. She was putting some ideas forward, and I just wasn't in the right headspace. So Kelly, if you're listening to this, I apologize. Um, and I got on because I, I was alone. I was like, I'm going to have a cigarette. I'm not, I haven't yeah. smoked for a while, right? And I'm like, I'm going to have a sit. I'm going to go. Who's going to know 
that and I'm like, cigarettes are so expensive in Australia. You're looking at around fifty dollars for a pack of twenty. I know. Right. Oh my God. And I'm like, mm. now I do know that you can go to one of the tobacco shops and buy them singly. They're not meant to legally, but I know you can. Anyway, I'm on the bus and I'm like, do I get off the bus in, in Ramwick? And and lo and behold, the bus pulls up at the bus stop in the high street right next to a tobacco station, a tobacco tobacconist. Yeah. And I went, you can get off here and you can go and see if you can buy a single cigarette because that's all you really need. The bus went round the corner and then there's a stop. And I jumped up and I got off the bus and so very self-conscious, like I was going yeah. to go into a bar. The same mindset. I was going to right. do something very devious. And yeah. I walked in and it's, it's, I walked up to the counter and I said, do you sell single cigarettes? And I did exactly what you were talking about in the liquor store. I didn't want to, <laughs> I couldn't pay for a single cigarette with my card. So I'm rummaging around for $2. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, give me two. And then I walked, and then I came outside the thing and I'm like, oh, now I'm feeling, I shouldn't be doing this. Like I really shouldn't yeah. be smoking these cigarettes, but I don't have a light. And I walked up and down the high street to find someone to give a light because I'm not going to buy a lighter, right? Because I'm not a smoker. And yeah. then I eventually found someone. I lit the cigarette. I probably took about three drags of it. It was disgusting because the, the single ones are yeah. pretty, pretty nasty. And the end fell off. And I didn't have a cig- lighter to relight it. And I went, and there was a yeah. bin in front of me. And I went, what yeah. are you doing? What are you doing, Clive? <laughs> Put both of them in the bin and get back on the next bus and go home. Yeah. That's the madness. That Madness. The madness. It's that, not just the booze, right? It could be anything. The length we go. To, the length to, to, go, to, to go to, to hide, to be like, you hide in the bottles yeah. in the park. Now, I haven't spoken about that situation to even my wife. Like, you're the first person yeah. I've spoken because that's been eaten away at me because that doesn't yeah. serve me any good because I had three drags of a cigarette. I felt quite sick and then the end fell off. And the... The yeah. lens that I went to to get that cigarette is a is a, a reminder to me of how horrible my life and how and and the thing about smoking is it's the one thing you can do where it's not I got a long term effect as in regards to I'm not going to be gone missing for three days, with, yeah, or drinking for right. four days or hungover. It's probably the worst thing I can do for my health, but yeah, in the in the instance I can do it and I can walk away and have a conversation and I'm not affected by anything or anyone, right. And so yeah. in my mind, I justify it that it's okay because it's serving me a purpose, but it's fucking yeah. bonkers. And it is. <laughs> it's like, no, if you it think- I, I, I 100% can relate to, to all of that. And, and like you get between me and a box of chocolates now and, and watch, <laughs> I might buy your arm off, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, or woodworking, right? I'm going to watch that. That becomes yeah. a, an obsessive and, and it can be, selfish if i'm spending too much time doing that than not with my family or i'm an alcoholic or an addict in all parts of my life yeah and so i've stopped the ones that will kill me first right but uh i gotta watch it all tell me about the woodworking because i know this has been i've been and we're going to put this in the show notes your instagram page which is fabulous you're a real craftsman so this has been something that's with all addictions, you've got to replace it with something to a degree, right? right. So, so right. tell us about, about yeah. your journey with the woodwork. Yeah. So, it, thanks. It's uh, my son uh, wanted this uh, 
thing you wanted to buy this. It was, it was an American flag, right? It was made yeah. out of wood and it had the stripes and the stars and things like that. And and I'm like, no, I I got time. I'm working from home, Lord. I'll give that a go. So I made it and I liked it. And it was good. And I'm like, this is really fun. And I just went from there and just taught myself. Well, you can learn brain surgery on YouTube, right? So yeah. I just started learning things on YouTube, and, my, and I, just, I just love, I love it because it's not technology. Um, I've got a problem, so it's something I could not do when I was drinking because, well, I'd be drunk, I'd have no interest in it, I'd have no creativity, I would cut my hand off, I would get frustrated and walk away, all of that. And but now, you know, it just came with, with sobriety, and, and I love it. Um, I love learning the problem solving. I'm able to step away when something happens that I don't really know how to deal with, come back to it, which was not how I lived my life beforehand. And it's just, it's a hobby. I love it. People buy some stuff, which I'm, I'm grateful for that sort of feeds the tool purchasing addiction. And, uh, it, it's just a, uh, a gift that I love. And it's actually part of my sobriety as well, right? It, it, it's a therapy for me. Um, it's not harming anyone. It gives, gives me and others joy and uh, it's, a, it, it's fun. It's amazing. And, and you know, I was on your Instagram, I was tra- chatting to Alan earlier on as I've, my other friend I say that's also gone down the road of woodwork and he's like, Oh, I love the Union Jack on his on his uh, the, oh, the, the and the and the yeah. you know the bits of furniture that you make. He's yeah. like, it's really good quality stuff. So it's amazing, isn't it? How you can just find something that that makes you yeah. happy. That's you know, it's like my my thing's ocean swimming. When I'm out in the ocean, right. I just you know I went for a swim on Saturday with a good one of my swim group, and we swam around Gordon's Bay, and we're out in the yeah. middle of the ocean, and I was like, wow, this is this is a place where I would have been absolutely terrified yeah. um, before. And I just feel so, I'm thinking of all the shit that I've done in my life. If I was to be eaten now by a shark, yeah. that just would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it I'm would make so, a great I'm so happy. Article, yeah. It's like really like the amount of dingy sewery clubs and places yeah, that right. I've hung out in and, right. You know, uh, and I heard that as, as well. This is how I'm going to go. Yeah. yeah, I remember this guy telling me when I first went into into the rooms. This guy was talking about he he went on a wet night in Sydney to some to an area which I can't remember, and it was down a dark street in this church hall. And he was walking down there, and he's like, "Well, this place is just really dodgy. This is obviously a cult." And he said, <laughs> and "He said," and then he reminded himself. If this was a bar down here, he would go, wow, this is a very cool location. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be like, no one knows this bar's here and I'm going to be the first to tell everyone how cool yeah. it is. And he's like, but because, yeah, it's, yeah. because it's something else, it's 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 a bit scary. But um, it's been amazing um, chatting with you. I really, you know, and I've like a lot of our guests oh. that I've getting to meet uh, virtually through this platform. You know, there's definitely this, as we say in every episode, the opposite to addiction is connection. And yeah, thank you for sharing so your story with us. You know. You're 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 more than welcome, and I really appreciate it. it it's uh, it's given. I've got a definitely definitely a change in perception of life. You know, I was uh, skeptical and cynical and what have you, and that that didn't serve me at all. So I'm open minded now, and and um. I'm deeply flawed, 
I like to think that I'm less flawed um, today than I was yesterday. And the, the, the you know, just to sort of sum up what this means to me is when my son was 16 and, you know, I, I got to part of the program where I admitted what I'd done through drinking and, and um, how it affected him and what, what I could do to make, make it right. And um, typical 16-year-old boy, girls, surfing, sports, one-syllable sentences, you know, that kind of a thing, right? Yeah. Um, great kid. Drank all through his life. Uh, missed, you can fill in the blanks. All he said to me at the end was, um, he said, uh, Dad, there's a light within you that I've never seen before. Keep doing what you're doing. Whoa. And that's the most beautiful thing I, I, that I can remember anyone ever saying. And that shows that it works. And, um, you know, people talk about giving up alcohol. Yes, I don't drink, but... I don't view it as I've given up alcohol. I've given up nothing. What what I've got through sobriety and the connection is is freedom, and yeah. uh, and, and that, that that that's it. You've got the freedom back, haven't you? It's, yeah, yeah. It's such an amazing gift that once you get it, and you know, yeah. and it is. It's a daily program, as I say. Like it's right. still happening in my mind. You know, the whole cigarette bust it situation yesterday yep. is a reminder to me of how crazy I am when I'm yeah. left to my own way of thinking. And when I saw I that thing last night on the TV where that guy said, you know, we will tell ourselves anything so we can continue doing what we really deep down yeah. want to do. Yeah. You know, I heard a guy, well, one of our guests, Niall, who's who's on last the last episode, yeah. you know, he said the opposite to um, conformity is courage. Now I've mm. I've thought about this the other the the other when I was in that meeting yesterday, you know I've been full of courage my whole life and I've been a bit of a trailblazer in so many different ways. One of the things that I refused to do was conform in a lot of ways. Yeah, as where I've actually got to stop and go. No, Clive, your way of thinking is very dangerous. Right. You need to just there's, there's a balance, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Which is. Something when you're drinking, you don't have it. But to be able to listen to someone's guidance and conform and say, no, you need to take this on board, or my suggestion is to take this on board and and do as I say, and yeah. you will you will reap the benefits. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I've learned is I don't have to fix people. I can, no. some, when one of my friends is going through a tough time right now, and I'm like, do you want me to just come and, do you want me to just sit there? And, and and you you just have to you don't I don't have to say anything if you just want to, to talk at me or talk just just blurb it all out yeah that, I'm that's what I'm here for I'm your mate like I don't but if you want my mate. opinion if you want my opinion of what I think I would do I'm not really that skilled in that area I've no idea what you're going through but I don't have to fix you I just I'm just here for you and I've never yeah. been able to do that before. I've always wanted Give an opinion oh. and a judgment yeah. and yeah. immediately. Like in COVID, um, I don't know any kid that got sick. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. But I know many, well, you know, four that killed themselves mm. and uh, friends of my, my kids, right? Um, 
Uh, before COVID and after, and we're still going to see that the, the the psychological effects of what that did to our kids. But um, um, so they've they've had tragedy, and you know for the first time, I've been able just to be present. I, it's tragic. I can't fix it. I can't explain it away. I can't do anything, but I can just be actually present and, and around. Um, uh, it seems small, but it's a huge from where I was yeah you know you can we can go down the you know one of the things that when you get sober or when you become more aware you can you talk about the COVID numbers as you say yeah you know and and why we all got shut down in New South Wales alone they just came out with the end of the fatalities on the roads of 370 odd people there was another five people killed the other day in the holiday road toll and um, you know you the domestic violence numbers are going through the roof we we can get so wrapped up with what's going right. on on epstein's flight record you know and yeah, who yeah. was there and stephen hawkins was there and I, you just go hang on a second let me just stop and all i got yeah. to worry about is not getting off the bus and buying a fucking yeah. cigarette right <laughs> that, yeah. this serves me no purpose whatsoever to go down a rabbit hole at seven o'clock in the morning on memes or whatever, because oh. really what I should be doing during that time is is just being thankful that my beautiful daughter's asleep in the other room, my wife's doing her yeah. yoga, the sun's shining, we've got a roof over our head, and really it's got it serves me no purpose, you know. Do, no. Yeah, fuck, it was terrible what happened with whoever, with Epstein, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Whatever island you're on, Necker Island, I don't care. It's all, yeah. <laughs> the bigger the front door, the bigger the sin. Yeah. It does. Sometimes I just have to remind myself that I just have to ride the horse that I rode into town on. And it's pretty mangled like me, you know? <laughs> right, right. No, I, 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 I hear you. Because we can get so worked up about injustices and, you know, you can find them anywhere, right? And, and you've got no control over them. Um, but, you know, one thing, you know, it's pretty obvious I do a 12-step program, but one of the things was like, okay, let's talk about like okay, anger. Anger is a dubious luxury of other men, right? And I've taken that on board where I I avoid. Well, I, I try to be aware. I, I don't. I'm not a. I don't have a, my head in the sand. I'm aware yeah. of things, but I really avoid situations or, or things that I know are going to get me worked up, and yeah. I don't have no control over them anyway. So exactly what you said, Clive. Your beautiful kids asleep. You got a roof over your house. You're sober today. Um, mm-hmm. People can count on you. Um, yeah, paid by numbers. Let's keep it simple. Yeah, I'm not. It's Monday morning. I'm not sitting here with bloodshot eyes and hungover and an hour <laughs> an hour late for this. You know, and and sitting to lie into the world. I'm, I can sit here honestly and say I'm very grateful to be here, and I'm grateful to have this opportunity to chat with you. That's brought us up to. 59 minutes and 24 seconds without an edit but you know um hopefully wow. we got through that in um amy it wasn't uh I, I don't think we got too much to edit out it sounded like it was an amazing i've really enjoyed chatting to you that's what i'm trying to say it's been oh amazing. likewise Clive. it's been great um and uh you know give my sister a buzz cut the next time you see her <laughs> no no definitely not um just uh i just want to say thank you so much and uh, with any links that you want to give just um and send it over to us with a headshot yeah. we can put in for our social media. You've got my email right. address. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to another episode of Straight Edge, the podcast. Um, 
brought to you today from sunny Sydney and San Francisco. Please, if you've enjoyed, if you're new to this is series two, if you're enjoying our series, please go on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review because uh, we've got some exciting guests coming up. I spent all weekend um, researching and tracking down people to come onto the podcast. Michael, you were one of them, and I'm so glad to have the opportunity to chat to you today. Um, but yeah, please join in every week. It's every Friday that goes out from, from Sydney time at seven o'clock. And uh, take care and be safe. We'll chat to you soon.